Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Hunter Enright from Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Hey, Megan. Hey, Nick. What's up? Long time no see. (laughs) We're talking MCAT stuff. Rachel, are you uh, doing a little intro? uh, Earlier today, I said Hunter is always at 11, and you (laughs) proved my point in your first moment on air. Uh, Hunter is an old friend of ours. We we, uh, mapped in Med School HQ and Blueprint. We all go way back. Like We've all been helping pre-meds, pre-health students for a long time, so I'm very excited to have this session. we're going to focus on the MCAT for the next 45 minutes. And we have here Hunter Enright, who is, I mean, he's many things. He wears many hats, but you most you might know him best as a premium MCAT tutor, um, an instructor for the Blueprint MCAT course. And uh, he is an expert in how to prepare yourself for this huge milestone exam. So we're very excited to have Hunter's energy and expertise here with us today. Oh, please. I'm excited to be here. That was so nice, though. That was the nicest intro anyone has ever given Welcome. me. Welcome to the stage. <laughs> although although I, I will call fake news with that luscious lock of, of hair that you have. You never wear a hat because you will not no, cover that up. I was literally going to make the same joke, Ryan. It's killing me. <laughs> we are the same person, Hunter. We are the same person. We hang out way too I long. thought you were talking long. about my hair for a minute. No, no. I'm so vain. No, no. <laughs> you have beautiful hair too, right. Rachel. Rachel, me and you should just—we should stop talking. This is a very sensitive subject for Ryan. <laughs> it's not sensitive. Oh no, Ryan is also vain of his hair. He spends no. a lot of time on it. I—I I have beautiful hair. I just choose to cut it. Um, you know what? And that takes—that takes the most strength of all, really. Yeah. So yeah. hey, everyone, I'm gonna pop back that. behind the scenes and let you two do your thing. Have fun. So, well, so, so on the psychosis section, uh, what is the term used for someone who is vain about their hair? Narcissism. Okay, there we go. <laughs> See, MCAT. <laughs> right here. Hey, two thumbs and some narcissism. Uh, we got hey, the MCAT. Everyone, how's it going? Uh, oh, hey, Natalie, what up? It's always nice to associate name with a. Uh, wait face with a voice so yay what's up y'all um we're talking to mcat aren't we if you want i mean we can talk about anything honestly it's really bad whenever we get together because it's like 30 percent chance that we don't talk about what we're supposed to yeah but not today i refuse because everyone here is awesome and y'all are amazing and the mcat is super big and scary and stressful um 
And yeah, this is kind of like a nice little dynamic duo that we've got, right? Like I talk MCAT, you talk everything else. That's way more important than that. And people just look at me like a nerd. It's a good time. It is a good um, time. So Hunter, <laughs> let's let's start number one. Uh, yes. What did you get on the MCAT? Um, <laughs> okay, so a couple answers there. Um, number one, well, the number that everyone's really concerned about, 521. So yay, got pretty high up there. Um, <laughs> get out of here, Ryan. Um, I was going to say a couple answers for that because like I've done a really good job with my lighting and hiding my gray hairs. But like yeah. the first time I took the MCAT, your score was only two digits. I know. So you went up by like hundreds of percentages. <laughs> oh, hundreds of numbers. Yeah, I went from Can y'all imagine I got like a 34 the first time I took it. Ew, gross. Um, and, then, and then I went up a couple hundred points. So yeah, I, I want to um, say that I, I want to say that I want to retake the MCAT so that I can also say using blueprint MCAT, my score increased 5000 percent. By, by like 500 points. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, let's let's talk MCAT. Um, absolutely. As students are watching this, and I, I'd love to see in the comments uh, where students are in their MCAT prep world. Because as, as we're doing this live, MapCon 2022, we are in the middle of September. It's kind of prime time to start prepping for 2023 MCAT test dates, uh, January, March, April MCAT test dates. For some reason, AMC always skips February. I don't know why, but hey, whatever. Um, my birthday month they decided to give me a day a month off it's, it's very nice of them we're, we're talking preparing for the mcat what is the first step that every student should take when preparing for the mcat um that's a really good question actually actually then that's not one that gets asked a lot um usually everyone dives in and gets really granular with like specifically what chapter should i start with things like that when really the first thing you should do is go as far back as possible, zoom all the way out and like look at your life and figure out, hey, uh, when's a good time for me to spend about three months not doing anything else in my entire life? Three to four or five months. Because um, that's that's really the first thing, right? So y'all, um, don't hold yourself to this weird arbitrary date of like, I have to take my MCAT at this time because of this and this and this, right? Non-traditional is becoming the new traditional. Uh, there's more and more non-traditional students every single year. Um, but honestly, I say it all the time. The best time to take the, the MCAT is whenever you're ready. And that's when you can sit down and go like, all right, I'm going to have three, four months where I can kind of cut down on all my other responsibilities, work, school, family, whatever it is. Um, move away from the family for four months. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, genuinely, like you have to sit down. It's 250, 300. I push my premium tutoring students to say 350 hours of prep. Um, hours. 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 Yeah, yeah. And if you cut that over, like I'm doing 20 hours a week or even I'm doing 40 hours a week, that's still months of prep. So don't underestimate how long it takes to prep for this. Um, this isn't undergraduate type style exams. It's not like, let me just cram short term memory, do my chapter exam on Friday, info dump on Saturday and we're good. This is you kind of need to know a little bit about everything, but only a little bit. It's like inch deep, mile wide type of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing y'all should do is take a look at your life and see when is a good time for me to prep. A lot of people like to prep over the summer and then they take it um, after like right before school starts. This is kind of like you said, the second most popular time where everyone's like, all right, like we'll spend uh, October, November, December studying for it. And then January, we'll take the test and hop in there. So that's usually when people are, are 
what a lot of people are thinking. Plus, like, studying for your MCAT is a really good excuse to avoid your family over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you just need, like, a day break or something like that, you can just be like, hey, y'all, I got some flashcards. Like, I'll be right back. Um, yeah. So that's always nice. But, yeah, that's the first thing. Really good question. Okay. So for the the first year, second year student listening to this, watching this, they're like, oh, so I don't have to worry about the MCAT until much later on. What can they do to prepare? A uh, couple things. That's a really good question. Because um, often, yeah, you the traditional is you take your test or you study for it and you take it your third year, right? And then yep. you apply in the fourth year, matriculate right after that. Um, usually, yeah, freshmen and, and sophomores, those first and second years are kind of like left in the dust. Usually, and it's, not, it's nothing against y'all. We love y'all. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's really, really hard to prep for the MCAT if you haven't taken those prerequisite classes. Yeah. Um, which y'all were talking about right when, like before I hopped on here, I, I hopped in and I immediately heard like, organic chemistry prerequisite and i was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah that's that's probably what i would say is um the first thing is well not the first thing you need to do to prep but as far as like the first thing that freshmen can do even sophomores yeah this sounds really dumb um learn uh like actually pay attention in your classes so like that is a a big misstep that a lot of people do is like they kind of treat their undergraduate classes like high school or anything like that they you know, memorize, regurgitate, info dump, immediately forget. And then two years later, it comes up again on the MCAT and you're like, what the bump? Really? I needed to remember this. So <laughs> if y'all genuinely learn your material now, um, and if you're one of my students in a couple of years, you're going to hear this, uh, concepts over content, like understand the concept at a deep foundational, like what does this science mean? What should be happening? Yeah. Don't just memorize equations. Um, one of them, you understand it. The other one, you just remember it. And guess which one the MCAT cares about? Yeah. I don't care about your memory. <laughs> it <laughs> well, doesn't. Kind of does. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a huge thing is there is so much pressure on students getting good GPAs and, and, all of the other responsibilities and requirements and activities that they need to be getting that a lot of students kind of just go through the motions, get the A's and move on without that core foundation that they can then build on, uh, on the MCAT and, and going through the MCAT podcast that I do with blueprint MCAT every week. One of the things that I've come to learn is that MCAT is very much like 4D knowledge is you have one picture of something that maybe you learned in your undergraduate chemistry class or biology class, whatever it is, but the MCAT will poke at it from every different angle. And you're like, I have no idea what this is. And you get the question wrong and then you read the explanation and you're like, oh, I, I knew that. I, I know that answer, but I didn't, I've never thought about it in that way. Yeah. How can students start to think in that way of an MCAT test writer going, okay, I'm learning this for my class. I'm learning this to, to obviously get good grades, but I need to understand it from all of these different angles. Yeah, I love the way that you describe that, actually. Um, I always tell my students that the MCAT doesn't reward you for having your content memorized. It expects it. Like, it, that is the, that's the, that's the bar to enter the game in order to play. It's like you have your content memorized. Um, it's never going to look at you and go like, well, it's a test. It's never going to look at you. Whatever, I anthropomorphize. It's never going to look at you and say to you with its vocal cords, hey, student. <laughs> <laughs> On TikTok, um, it does with the little face filter. <laughs> Hello. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just a terrifying test of eyes. Uh, <laughs> um, what it's going to do, it, well, it will never look at you and go like, hey, do you know what the third enzyme in the citric acid cycle is, right? Yeah. It's never going to ask that question. That's not an MCAT style question. That's an undergraduate biochem question, right? So you need to know that stuff. 
in order to come to the MCAT and play the MCAT game, which is, okay, cool. I'm assuming that you know what the third enzyme in the citric acid cycle is. We just broke it. What happens in the liver? And there's like seven steps in between that. And you need to know like a little bit about renal systems, blood, uh, like blood chemistry, pH, like all this other stuff. And like, I, I call it scaffolding. It's a lot of these little tiny ideas that you connect the dots. And then eventually you ramp your way up to this crazy, like, I sound super hyper intelligent answer, but really it's just like, oh yeah, positives and negatives attract each other. And uh, acidic things don't like basic things. Like it's really straight up. Like that's kind of the way that I like to teach my students to approach this is like, think about it conceptually. And like you're, y'all are super intelligent. I tell my pre-med students all the time that they're incredibly smart. Um, I used to work in a nonprofit that was like teaching science to just the general public. And like every single one of my pre-meds is in the upper echelon of like scientific literacy. And like the MCAT has this really bad habit of like, making my super smart pre-meds feel really dumb and like it's not like they're they're not dumb anyone who's listening to this you are not dumb the mcat is just (laughs) written in a very specific way and like it takes like liam neeson a very particular set of skills in order to like (laughs) do really good on the exam there's no test like this in the world i'm i'm kidding you not yeah like you have to know how to take the mcat itself Um, my my general uh, response is the mcat is a test to see how well you can take the mcat honestly yeah and like you mentioned 4D chess a little bit ago. And like, I even think that there's, there's some like testing aspects. I have nothing to prove this. I am wildly speculating. If I had tinfoil, I put it on my head. Um, I think that like all the non like actual sitting down and taking the test things too are like part of the MCAT exam. And like, they know that. And that's why they don't do anything to make it easier. Like mm. the incredibly high amounts of stress, the incredibly, or the ridiculous amount of things that you need to memorize for it. The fact that like, you're not going to know all of the answers. Like they write answers that you don't know the answer to sometimes, but you can find three wrong ones very easily. They say that red blood cells have nuclei and that's immediately out, like things like that, right? Um, and they they want you to kind of panic a little bit and like manage that. So like, those are like the soft skills that the MCAT tests, which like, again, are super important for, like you said, just learning how to take the MCAT. So there's so much that goes into it. Like content is only a third of it. And that's why whenever my students hear me say like concepts over content, content's, not the most important thing. And they're like, blasphemy. And then like, they start to pay attention to it and their score goes up 15 points. So there's, there's a thing to it for sure. Yeah. Um, So that, I mean, that kind of goes into the, the biggest mistake that, that you as an MCAT instructor see and and everyone at Blueprint MCAT and everyone I've talked to in the MCAT space, the biggest mistake that students make is focusing so much on content and not doing questions. How early in a student's undergraduate career, non-traditional path, should they start doing Q-Bank questions and full-length exams and half-length diagnostics and all of that fun stuff? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so first and second years, I would say don't dive very hard into the actual application and questions. Like that's where you can start to do a lot of like sponge absorbing, right? Um, especially when it comes to cars, like cars is the big one that students are absolutely able to sit down and (coughs) excuse me, just really excited about cars. Um, you can sit down and just like dissect really complex passages and really complex, like, you know, articles that are in scientific journals or, you know, psych journals or anything like that. Anything that basically isn't like Reddit, a news, uh, like article or anything along those lines. Um, just sit down and dissect those passages, right? Like really understand what each sentence is telling you, why they're important, et cetera, et cetera. That's how you can kind of prep, like just start reading that stuff early. Um, As far as everyone else, when it comes to like the questions, the full lengths, all that other stuff, 
full lengths, I would definitely say wait until you're in your prep. We usually don't have our students do their first genuine full length until about like three, four weeks into their prep. So you do a little bit of like, you know, walk before you run, you take your full length, and then we kind of get you on a full length schedule after that. Um, besides that, like the way that I usually recommend my students do it is like you watch one of our modules, you learn the content, and then you immediately go and practice. I don't want like anyone who isn't in there, like knee deep in prepping to burn through all of their resources. So if you're not prepping yet, just start collecting things. We have a ton of free resources. Uh, the very first thing that we have everyone do is called uh, a diagnostic. It's a half length uh, exam. So full length, it's half length. Instead of eight hours, it's four hours. So that's usually the first thing. We've got that for from our like free student accounts. Uh, if y'all go to like blueprintprep.com, we've got a whole tab that's just like, here's all of our free stuff. You can check that out. Um, honestly, that's probably one of the best things to do just because A, it's going to be a nice exposure to what the MCAT actually is, what it looks like in the style. And B, it'll kind of show you like what you need to focus on. Um, and if you're if you're early, like if you're not, you know, about to begin your prep, you're first or second year, you're like, let's just see, let's go for it. It's going to be bad. Like, I'll tell you that. Like, the diagnostic is going to be bad. I um, I actually saw a question in, in the chat on the side. Like, hey, I work 40 hours. How do I do this? Um, I also was working full time. I was 40 hours a week, uh, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Um, so, yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. Wow, y'all are mad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was the question, right? Um, and so, I also worked 40 hours a week, 9 to 5. I would just basically have to. So I, And it was an hour-long commute. Come home by 6 p.m., finish dinner around 7, and then like 7.30 to 11.30 midnight, I would study. Um, so that's that's like the cadence that I would do it. Um, and like when I first started prepping and like I was working full-time and I took my diagnostic because it's the first thing you did, um, I got such a bad score on my diagnostic, y'all. Um, I'd been out of college working at a nonprofit for about four years. And uh, yeah, I was like in, in my percentile straight twenties, what up? <laughs> and I almost dropped. I almost was like, Nope. Like, you know, br- brush my hands of this. Looks like I've been out of college too long. I forgot everything. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be able to succeed. In this. Um, don't listen to that. I didn't listen to it. Friends and family convinced me. Otherwise they're like, Hunter, of course you're going to do bad. You haven't even started your class yet. Um, and then, yeah, you go through the class that leaps and bounds better at the end. And I'm incredibly happy for it. So yeah. Yeah. Don't let, if you do take that diagnostic, don't let it discourage you because it can be very rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. So the, the process of making sure you're doing questions, making sure you're doing well in your core science classes, making sure like there's so much. And, and as is pointed out here, there are students out there that are working to pay for school, working to put food on the table how like at what point is is stretching it out too far because students need to to set aside time for other responsibilities so you you mentioned earlier 300 350 hours for um kind of a general timeline to study for the MCAT if i do that over 2 years is that too long uh Yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for sure. So that, that is also a really good like timeline question. Normally, um, uh, I don't want to say this, but there is no minimum. Um, so like depending on like how much, you know, you already have coming into your MCAT prep, if you're like fantastic, you've been working in an OCHEM lab for the past 10 years, you've got all this stuff like back of your hand and like you just need some practice. Like we talked about learning how to take the MCAT and learning how to like approach passages and stuff. Awesome. Like 
you could probably do that in like a month. And like, we've all seen that crap on like r slash MCAT, right? Where it's like, hey, y'all, like I studied in four weeks and here, here's how I did it. Here's and my four like, week study plan to get a 522. And everyone's like, exactly. oh, I'll do that too. And then they get a 480 and they're like, oh, what happened? Oh my God. Yeah. And not only that, but like the first, the first line, once you click on it, it's like, here's my four week study plan. It's like, so I've been in an Elchem lab for the past four years and I've been doing that. Like, it's like, of course. So yes, that is possible, right? The majority of people, like as far as like the quote unquote average or normal study plan is anywhere from three to six months. Mm. Um, And again, that's depending on how much you can commit right out the gates. We always say like about 300 ish hours of prep. So, you know, just divide that by however many weeks you think you can do or how many hours you think you can do per week. And then that should give you a very rough, very rough, like, okay, I'll have to do this many weeks of prep. Um, I prepped for six months. So I was on the upper end of things. Um, about like four to six months. Yeah, the first two was... <laughs> the first two was self-prepping before I signed up for a class. and didn't really do much. But um, yeah, because I was working full-time and I only had like four hours a night. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely like... If you don't have as much time per week to dedicate it, i.e. you've got jobs, family, et cetera, et cetera, um, you're going to have to spread it out a little bit. That being said, like more than six months is diminishing returns because like it's really easy to forget something that you tried to teach yourself eight months mm-hmm. ago, right? Um, so normally I would say six-ish is about the maximum. And if we're sitting there going, I don't think I can do it in six months, like I need eight, nine months, then like maybe right now isn't the best time to prep and we just need to find like a calmer time in our life. Yeah, it's it's so important to to understand, number one, that, that your journey is yours uh, and stay off of Reddit for that kind of like 522 in, in three days of studying. Well, I'll, sh- I'll show you. I got a 522 in two days of studying. <laughs> Six yeah, minute abs. <laughs> there's a lot of MCAT measuring going on there. <laughs> <laughs> what are they compensating for? I don't know. Um, so let's let's talk about um, the the fact that a lot about this process seems to benefit those who have privilege enough to afford fancy courses and tutors and all of this stuff. Now, one of my my big missions is to to make things very cheap for people. And luckily, Blueprint uh, believes in that mission as well. And we do the MCAT podcast, which is free for everyone, where we're going to teach you lots about the MCAT. What are ways that students can prep for the MCAT on a budget? Yeah. Um, so the very first thing that I'm going to tell everybody is, um, number one, we give a bunch of stuff away. So, uh, well, right now we're giving away $20,000. Woo woo. Um, woo. I already won that. Uh, Ryan, you want to laugh at me? No. I made a TikTok for it for Blueprint. <laughs> Why would I laugh at you? I love TikTok. Because last time we hung out, I was like, oh my, my I'm too, like my gray hair too. I can't do TikTok, et cetera. But hey, look at this. Ah, <laughs> we got, how do we do this? There we are. Ah, a $20,000 giveaway. Hey, Vanna um, White. It's super easy. Uh, right? Ooh. Um, it's super easy to to like be eligible. Literally, are you testing in 2023 and do you want to go to med school in 2024 or 25? That's it. Like yep. that's the only like requirements. <clears throat> Other than that, you just go to that website or um ooh, what was the cool one that you bought for us? Medcatscholarship.com. Medcatscholarship.com. Um, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> and then um and then you just fill out a form and then you're entered for the drawing, right? So it's super easy, it takes like two minutes, that's it. Um, that's the first thing we're doing. The second thing that we're doing is we also do like not like big $20,000 scholarships, but just like regular scholarships for anyone that's in financial hardships. So we do have a scholarship program. Check it out. It's on our website. Um, I'm going to be honest. 
I don't know the numbers for that off the top of my head. I should have looked that up. Um, yeah. no, I should just have everything memorized, but, uh, no, I, I don't, but we do give away scholarships. You just have to enter like financial. It's kind of like fast, but like you just enter in like how much yep. do your parents make it or you make or anything like that. And we give those away. Um, FAP is thing, a big one. Oh, sorry. FAP is a big one that a lot of students don't know. So if you qualify for FAP, you get, uh, I believe it's a 50% discount on any blueprint, uh, stuff. Yeah. And that's our financial assistance program. Bam. Um, Look at you, Ryan. You're better than me. You know all the percentages, and I don't. This is why I need you. I'd be face down, dead in a ditch without it. Uh, <laughs> so that's just like as far as like financial stuff that we do. Um, so that's awesome. Yay, money! I think I came in here shouting <laughs> full circle. Uh, the other thing that we do is there are a ton of free resources, like everywhere. Um, I it's it's I have a fun thing. Like I was also like this, but I mean I think a lot of us, the royal us pre meds, um, we're like resource hoarders like even if we never plan to use it it's just like yeah i want those give me that flashcard pack yes please um so that's all over the place like we have a ton of them obviously i've already mentioned we've got a tab at the top of blueprintprep.com uh slash mcat that says free resources and there's dozens of things in there from like pdf ebooks to um there's equation sheets now for chemistry and physics in there there's the free student account that has the half-length diagnostic it includes one full-length exam that's all full eight hours a um, couple of our learning modules so you can see the way that we teach our content. It's really dope. I'm in a couple of the modules. <laughs> uh, but they're like 15-minute videos and then like a five-minute quiz and then a 10-minute video and then a five-minute quiz. And so it's kind of like, it's not just a three-hour lecture. And most of them total are like 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, yeah. And then cool, now you've got the basics for fluid dynamics of Bernoulli's equation. Um, so yeah, that's why I would say hunt around for a lot of free stuff and for the scholarships because they're out there. Like we people want you to be a doctor. Um, they just also want to, yeah. take money so so find someone else's money to give them yeah so go go hunter around for some free resources and uh go find them i i think the the biggest thing uh especially talking about preparing for the mcat uh, is as you mentioned right these 300 350 hours is trying to figure out and being intentional about okay Here's where I'm planning on taking the MCAT, I think, right? Knowing that kind of January, March, April of the year that you're going to apply is ideal-ish in terms of the later end. If you want to take it September the year before, uh, go right ahead. The the big thing, though, uh, speaking of free resources, is when you go get a free Blueprint account, you get access to the, the study planner tool. Talk about a study plan. And, and what students should be doing, thinking about creating that study plan and making it fit their life. Yeah, that last part is the biggest thing is like make it fit your life. Um, so well, I'll talk generic study plans. Long story short, um, I when I started and it didn't go very well, I had things on my, my personal calendar like get home from work from 8 to 10, study. And like, that was awful. Cause you'd sit there at eight o'clock and go like, all right, study what? And like, you'd kind of like, you know, bah, bah, bah around for like 20 minutes, yada, yada. It's now eight 30 and I've decided what to study. Great. Now. Okay. Do I want to do a module? Do I want to watch a video? Do I want to do practice questions? Cool. It's nine o'clock. And I finally decided what I'm going to do. And I'm going to sit down for like one hour out of four. Right. Um, it was really, really, really inefficient. I was like, I just didn't like figuring out every week what I wanted to do. That was, I don't know. It was painstaking and annoying. And I just wasn't about it. Um, so one of the nice things about the study planner tool that we have, um, we blueprint it's in the free student account. Heck yeah. Um, literally it's like a little questionnaire. So it's going to go like, all right, cool. When are you taking your MCAT? Um, when do you plan on beginning your prep? So like I'm starting today, I'm starting tomorrow or I'm starting a month from now, whatever. You can tell us that. Um, if you're like planning ahead, 
And then it also it asks you a bunch of things about like your week to week availability. So like what days of the week are you not able to to do any kind of studying? So if you know you have like a vacation coming up, you can block off a bunch of days. Same with like birthdays. If you don't want to do anything MCAT related on Fridays, you can block off every Friday. Um, and then ask like how many hours per week do you have to dedicate to this? And then you just hit submit, go, and it literally builds you an entire plan. It's awesome. And it doesn't just say eight o'clock to 10 o'clock study. It says like eight to eight 30, you're going to do this specific module. And when you're done with that, you're going to go do these QBank questions. And then when you're done with that, maybe check out these AAMC ones. Cool. You're done with this. This has been a two hour block. We're going to do something else. Um, literally hour by hour, day by day. If I had this when I was younger, Hey, when I was back in my day, <laughs> when I, I was had, a boy, <laughs> when I had prepped for my MCAT and I had to walk uphill both ways, and we liked it. Um, you didn't so have any whistling I, no. S's in there. You need some whistling S's. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God, so, <laughs> oh, it's always a good time hanging out with you, man. Um, but no, genuinely, what I had to do was I did all of that by hand on a um, on a spreadsheet, and it was awful. We also did the same. I also had to do the same thing when I reviewed my exams and reviewed all the work that I did and created my own lessons learned journal. I had to do all of that on my own in a spreadsheet. I had to track like percentages missed, percentages correct. Did I change my answer? Not change my answer, et cetera, et cetera. And that was incredibly painstaking and awful too. Um, and that's one thing that like Blueprint also has. We've got these really dope analytics. Literally shows you every single thing about your exam. How many seconds did you spend on this question? Did you pick the right answer, change it to the wrong one or vice versa? What type of question is it? Blah, blah, blah. What percentage of this type of question do you tend to miss the most? So it's it's a fantastic, like I wish I had the analytics alone, but analytics plus the study planner, like honestly, it's it's two algorithms that like are gonna make your life incredibly yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, it's pretty nice. <laughs> so one of the biggest things, uh, actually, the AAMC just announced they are creating a new test, which is awesome. Uh, like and it's free, I believe, they announced. I, oh, I don't. I heard about five. I didn't hear about the free part. I, but that's I'm pretty rad. sure. So if Rachel, fact check me if you're, if you're watching. I'm pretty sure they announced that it's going to be a free it's one. It's free. Yeah. Yeah, cool. it's on their website. And I confirmed it with Sam Edwards, who's the head of their outreach. Yeah. New exam, first new material in years and years, and it's free. It's free. It's a, it's very lovely to be able to say, yay, double AMC. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the the reason I bring that up is the double AMC is, is the go-to uh, because they create the MCAT and they have a set of tests that um, most would consider mandatory prep like when you're creating your budget to to take the MCAT there's the MCAT costs and then there's the prep materials that go with the MCAT the AAMC as a bare minimum would you agree Hunter is like you you need to sign up and, and pay the AAMC for those full-length exams yeah 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 100% and it sounds crappy right just because like it's almost like we're <laughs> there's there's a monopoly on it. There's almost like there's only one co- company that ex- administers this exam. Um, but no, hundred percent. Like if you are going to do nothing else, I like you have to have at least some resources to help you out here. Um, I, you could like you know like aim for the moon and try to just do like the free practice tests from all the different places. But like honestly, again, they're not written by the AAMC. So like, if you're going to do just one thing, like, yeah, get those AAMC ones. Um, the dope thing about that, if you sign up for one of my classes at Blueprint, we give you all the AAMC stuff for free. So like, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, um, hey, 
<laughs> but yeah, totally. Um, I'm really excited for that full length number five, just because now I have a new exam to give my tutoring students. Um, yeah. So a couple, I saw, I think I saw a question about like, how should we be studying and reviewing? Yeah. And stuff so, like that. so let's go ahead and, and transition into Q and a, I'm going to let Rachel take over, um, to, to some Q and a Hunter. Thanks for, for hanging out. Uh, I'll jump off here for a little bit. I'll be back shortly. Oh, I was yeah, actually wondering, are you here all day? Like that's a long conference. I'm here all day. I'm here all day. That's why I'm occasionally popping in to spell him. I don't know oh, if yeah. I see the exact question that you saw, Hunter. So if you say it again, oh, yeah, no. someone who's working behind the scenes can find it for us. Yeah, um, totally but we can go ahead and put a question up, uh, whatever. Oh, Hit me with them. Let's do it. So loading Dr. C. I really like that name. Hi, I finished the M uh, Blueprint MCAT online course in July, tested in August, came out with the same low score I had prior to course. Oh, yep. hurts my heart. Uh, how can I reutilize Blueprint tools for a more successful test outcome? Now, Hunter, I know you're a content guy, but do you know this policy? How's this work? Um, oh, as far as like the actual um, reutilizing? Oh, yeah. Like if you want. Um, so, yes, we do have a, a score increase guarantee. Ooh, again, the, the fine print off the top of my head. I don't want to miss say anything, but I know long story short, if you don't get, there's a couple of prerequisites. Like you had to do your homework, obviously. Like you had to complete the class, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. But if you did all of that, you can still hit us up and we, we will help you out. Again, I don't want to miss say anything. <laughs> so we will help you out for sure. But I think um, it's like, how can I like use the resources themselves a little bit better? Right, Dr. C? Um, if that's the question, I love the question because yeah, a lot yeah. of the times like, if we go through a course and we don't see as much of an improvement at the end that we were hoping for, um, a lot of the times it's immediately like, oh, this, this, this sucked. This was bad. This other thing. Right. When a lot of the times kind of come back to yourself and go like, okay, what can I do differently this next time? Um, that's a huge, like, that's a, that's a fantastic mindset to have. So honestly, normally without knowing like your specifics and like what happened in your prep or anything like that, what I would say is did we review enough? Because I will, until like the day I die, preach from the rooftops that like reviewing your work is how you improve your work. Um, so like, say, let's imagine you took a full length uh, exam, right? All eight hours, seven and a half, whatever. So all eight hours. Um, and then you check it out and like, you know, you got like a sub 500 and that's kind of where we've been plateaued out. Or even like, you know, we're at like a 505, but we want to be at 515, anything like that. Um, you should, you best be reviewing that full length. And when I say review it, I mean like if it took you eight hours to take the exam, it should take you 12 to review it, right? Because you're not reviewing every question in 60 seconds. So like a hundred percent, like it should take you, it took me usually 10 to 12 hours. Um, I would take my, so here's my non-traditional uh, like weekly schedule for y'all. Um, Monday through Friday, I would go to work 9 a.m., come back around six, finish all my like home stuff around seven. Seven to 11, I would study for like four-ish hours. Saturday was full length day. I would take my full length all day Saturday and then like be done. That's eight hours of MCAT. And like I was burnt out and I would go hang out with other people and remind myself that there was another world outside of this. Um, and then yeah. Sunday I would spend all day reviewing. And that would normally be like four, three hour chunks. I would start at 9am, do nine to 12, one to four, uh, five to eight. And then usually I would do like a couple hours from like nine to 12 or something like that. I'm kind of a night, night owl. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's how I would do it. Like review is super important. Taking the test gets you better at taking the exam, like like the endurance aspect of it, your pacing aspect of it, all that stuff. Um, reviewing it is how you like sit down and go like, okay, why did I miss this question? What can I do to never miss this again? Um, so yeah, it's 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 a good one. But I, usually if we don't see the the score change at all, 
I, I'm my first inclination is like, let's go back and like, make sure that we're really, really reviewing everything that we do in depth. Um, 100%. Oh, and then loading Dr. C follow up. Can you extend access to materials past six months? Yeah, you totally can. Yep. 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 We've got, um, we've got a 12 month one too. Um, and I'm sure if you, I mean, if you really like hanging out with us, you can go longer than that. But um, as, as an MCAT tutor, for your sake, I don't want to see you more than a year. Get out of here. I want you in and out and got your score and you're done. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've been in test prep for about 20 years. So I too know a lot about the MCAT. And what you said about reviewing exams, in my experience, is one of the biggest missed things. Um, it's tempting to only look at what you got wrong, which isn't as helpful as looking at right and wrong and also can discourage you, right? One of the benefits of getting to look at the ones you got right is it's like, look at me go. You know, I got 60% of these questions right. Like once you're getting 80, 80% or so, you're starting to get pretty killer scores, you know? So just remembering like this is this is a tough exam and it's it's great to celebrate those wins. And the thing I always find too, when I'm talking to students who have plateaued, and I don't mean this about this one person, right? It's, so I'm not saying you did these things wrong. It's these are the questions I find I need to ask the most are how did you take the exams, right? Did you take it? in your PJs, on your bed. So then on test day, when you were fully clothed in shoes, you just didn't feel very good. Um, I mean, and um, did you take it at night and you're a morning person? Or did you take them all at night because you're a night owl? So then when you had an eight-day exam, it really felt different. Uh, these things are small. None of them are going to replace all of the big conceptual, like, did you really review? Did you really practice? But think about the physicality of this being a marathon and make sure you're physically ready to do it. Kevin, I agree. Clothes and shoes are the worst. <laughs> Clothes and shoes are the worst. I am barefoot right now. <laughs> um, All right. What other questions do we have? Um, yeah. How, says, how should you go about studying missed questions, flashcards, screenshots, notes? Yeah, Jacob, that's a great question. Um, I actually am glad that you brought up flashcards. It's one thing that I, I tragically neglected to mention. Also part of our free student account, you have 1,700 flashcards that have the space repetition, like how comfortable are you? Not very, sort of very comfortable built into it um, for free on our Blueprint student account. So like long story short, if y'all haven't already checked out that student account, go, go bite at that because it's pretty nice. Um, as far as the question itself, how to actually study missed questions. So we mentioned the lessons learned journal before, and I think someone actually asked in the chat, like what should we include in our lessons learned journal or LLJs? Um, it's essentially a bare minimum. You can add whatever you want in there. So it can be like, hey, here is, <clears throat> excuse me, here's the type of question, the AMC skill that it is, uh, skill one, foundation comprehension. And this is a, a detail type question, so on and so, and it's a not, yada, 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 right? You can do all that stuff. The bare minimum that you need is number one, why did I miss this question, right? It, assuming that you did, you're looking at a question that you missed. Why did I miss it? Number two, what am I going to do differently next time to never miss it again? And that isn't such a straightforward answer, right? Especially in stuff like cars. Um, if it's like, oh, I just forgot the equation. Okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to memorize the equation and apply it properly, yada, yada, yada. But if it's like, oh, I went to the wrong paragraph because I didn't realize that's what they were trying to get me at, like that takes a lot more like self-reflection and like introspection. The number one thing that I will tell all of my students, and I know it happens, I know everyone here has done it at least once. You look at the answer to a question that you missed, you read the explanation, you go, whatever, Ugh, I guess, fine. You know, that is not you learning the question. <laughs> that is you not believing that that answer is correct and you assuming that the AMC got that wrong or something like that. Um, you should never leave a question until you genuinely believe that the answer is the answer. I don't want any of this 
I guess, blah, 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 feed dragon, because you're not actually believing it and you didn't actually learn anything from that question. Like you have to change the way that you think about things every time that you hit a wrong question. So that's the number one thing. It's it's not like memorization, Jacob. It's not like I need to sit down and memorize more things. I mean, sure, sometimes that's the case, but a lot of the times we know the facts, we just applied them wrong. So really sit down and like have this nice little like, internal, you know, debate with yourself. Like, why did I miss this? Like, where was my brain going? Why did I go here when the answer says I should have gone here? Like, you need to answer those questions for yourself. It's, it's really hard to improve on cars. Cause I mean, I, I can show you tips and tricks and like, here's, here's top 10 tips and tricks. The AMC hates number four. Um, but like, you know, like, Hey, did we notice this? Check this out. This is this type of question. So here's how we approach these. But like, if you're missing them consistently on your own, ask yourself why. Why am I missing this? What am I going to do to change it? Like, that's the number one most important thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go LLJs. They're really rad. I like them. I like them a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, this is one of my, some some of the students who, you know, followed me on the air for years know this story. But I had a teacher a long time ago at the Princeton Review who was, this was so long ago that the car section was called verbal reasoning. But she was a verbal reasoning instructor. So she didn't just have killer critical reading skills. She taught killer critical reading skills. And we had her go take the MCAT just to get that experience and see what score she could get. And if you want to score, you got to do the whole test. She did well above average. I mean, she did perfect on verbal. But she killed the sciences. Hadn't taken chemistry or biology since high school. Had never taken physics. Had never taken biochem did pretty well in the sciences because she understood how to think like the MCAT, right? It's like some annoying person in my life that I just have to placate. I'm going to learn to think like them and just act the way I'm supposed to act around them. You know, and it wasn't tricks and tricks. It's a mindset shift. Yep. Yeah. Play the game for four months and then you're done. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that a lot. This is MedEd Media.